child and adolescent mental health disorders 60% with depression and 80% with anxiety. I just felt kids. numb to the kids world. being bullied, sometimes to It death. seems the passage of time has only made bullying worse. I've seen a lot of bullying happen. This is an issue that touches just about every family. There's just a constant country. pressure, I guess, with everybody. It takes a lot of guts to talk about this. Welcome to Teen Talk, a podcast platform by teens for teens, where we have a chance to be heard. That's right. Real teens talking about real life, meeting teenagers where we are, and engaging in real conversations with each other and for each other. Our moderator is Jason Hopkins, president and CEO of National Alliance on Mental Illness, Arapahoe and Douglas Counties. He's also the president and founder of The Connection Project. We will explore the topics that matter most to teens today. It is a podcast for teens, by teens, proudly sponsored by Jade Recovery and Mountain High Appliance. Our goal is to meet you where you are and reinforce that you are not alone. We will discuss relevant topics, share personal stories, and inspire hope. Welcome to the Communities Connected podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hopkins, the founder and president of The Connection Project. Today, I'm with four local teens who are passionate about helping us understand the positive and negative impacts of social media from their own perspective. We know that social media often gets a bad rap, so today we will focus on tools that we might deploy to use social media in a more beneficial way. Hopefully, our conversation will educate and shine a light on how we might set healthier boundaries around its use. Welcome, and thank you all for being here. Glad you're here. So let's talk about why it's important for us to talk about social media today. The social aspect of life. Uh, That's technology now. That's social media. And so it's an extension of our life. It's not... It's not something that has a minor impact on us. It's really so it's a big fully influencer. integrated. Yeah. And whether we like it or not, we're constantly on it. So it mm-hmm. definitely has major effects on our lives. I, I agree. I'm, I'm on it a lot, too. <laughs> what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of this thing where it can either be it's either like the greatest thing in your life at some point or it's kind of the thing that you just want to throw away and go camping, maybe. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. You teed our conversation up perfectly. Thank you. What do you think? You know, I think it's a big way that teens today communicate, and it's a big platform for all of us to connect. And so what we do on there is pretty important to all of us. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that it's pretty integrated into your life. I'm, I'm using that word um, here. Uh, when did you guys start using social media? Is it something that you've adopted very early on or you started in middle school? Like, give me some context for when this started. Uh, for me, I got social media really in like the middle of middle school. Okay. And I'd say it felt, at least it felt like to me a lot further, like I was much older than um, other people when they got their first social media accounts. Okay. That's at least what it felt like to me. I don't know about yeah. when you guys got social media. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because all of my friends when I was in eighth grade is when I first got social media and I felt like before I got social media all of my friends were on social media Mm -hmm. and they were constantly on it so I definitely wanted to be a part of that and so I begged and begged my mom and then (laughs) she was super strict about it at first but then she finally let me get it in eighth grade so okay what about you guys yeah it was really funny for me because I got social media before I actually got a phone um (laughs) because like my mom or my dad's old phone would just be lying around and I'd use it and I'd start like uh, experimenting with the different apps, like there was Musical.ly, I think it was called, uh-huh. um, and I'd have a lot of fun creating videos. Um, and I'd always wanted a phone because it was like the only thing, like the reason I would have a phone is to communicate with my parents, um, but I couldn't use social media to do that. So it was a really funny situation. 
Yeah, I had mine. Um, I had an iPod before I had a phone, and so that was my big <laughs> communication. And I think I was I was a lot older. I was like fourteen, okay. I think. And um, yeah, a lot more kids had it before. And it's just interesting to see. You know, I'll be anywhere out in the community, and so many younger kids now they'll be at the age of like six years old. I'll see like a kindergartner, and they have a phone, and they're like communicating and social media, and it's just crazy to see that now. It does seem like it's getting earlier and earlier. So I know there's been a lot of conversation and other work that we've done with teens around what the most popular social media platforms are today. You know, adults think that it's Facebook, and, I, and I'm aware <laughs> that Facebook is not cool for teens. Um, talk about what are the platforms that you guys use and subscribe to and, and think are the, the thing to be involved with? Um, personally, I use Instagram and Snapchat the most. Okay. Definitely Snapchat more than Instagram. I feel like uh, teens nowadays have replaced texting with Snapchat because it's so quick and you can get in touch with people who you might have talked to like three years ago, but you're still in touch with them. And I communicate with a lot of my friends, like make plans for the day or uh, ask about homework over Snapchat now instead of text. I've heard that a lot. and yeah. Often it's because parents don't know how to use it too. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, mine is mainly Snapchat as well. Um, I don't know if any of us really have a Facebook that we use either. So nope. Facebook definitely is more of like a, an adult, older person kind of right, thing. Right, right. Um, but yeah, Snapchat has definitely replaced texting. And what I think is really funny is my mom will always come up to me and say, um, like, why are you using Snapchat? Why don't you just text your friends? And it's kind of become more of like you're texting, but it's on Snapchat too. And it's just just kind of weird how it's all evolved. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like um, it depends what you're actually trying to do. Because if you're if you're using social media for your own personal use, then yeah, Snapchat's really great because it's just you're one on one, and then the texts go away. You don't save, and it's just really awesome and fun. Um, but if you're trying to start a business, you actually have to have Instagram and Facebook because it's the mm-hmm. way to reach people and it's the way to let you know that you're out there. Right. So you're looking at it, you know, not just as a social platform, but something to really maybe promote you moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'd say um, I don't personally use Snapchat, but I definitely use Instagram a lot. And I would say those two are definitely the ones that teens use the most. And they have different uses, would you guys say? Like Snapchat's more closer to texting and then Instagram's this sort of weird thing where it's just this curated version of your life so it's less of one-on-one contact with your friends and other people and it's more of like this log of your life and that is just the main difference i would say between them I think you bring up an important segue, and and I feel grateful and not as old because I use Instagram like almost (laughs) exclusively. Snapchat's too complicated. (laughs) I I admire you guys can do it. Um, So what do you think um, parents and and adults most often understand or misunderstand about social media? What are the things that you've recognized in your own house or with, with trusted adults that you know that they you know, they're telling you you shouldn't be on social media so much or you shouldn't use it so much. What are the things that you think that they're misunderstanding the most about how you guys are communicating through social media today? Um, I feel like they only see the cons of social media. I think it's mostly because they don't know uh, what it is. So like, for example, my mom didn't know what 
Instagram did or what it, ha- it has on it. So a year after I got it, she got an Instagram too. And just to like make sure I was being safe and there wasn't anyone like strange following me. So right. she just wanted to make sure I was safe. But I feel like the main reason parents see the cons of everything is because they just don't know what right. each social media platform platform holds. That's really great information. What do you guys think? Yeah, I definitely agree with the last part you said more specifically. I think a lot of parents, they um, just there's so much even I don't know on Instagram or Facebook or whatever and all these different tools and there's so many things you can do on it. And I think with the way our world has become nowadays is, you know, anyone can get your information and if you put it out there, it's easily accessible. Sure. And I think that's what parents fear the most. But there is a lot of you know, privacy on these apps, which I think um, I know personally I take advantage of. And I think parents see that we don't and are so worried about our um, protection of our identity. Yeah, you make a great point there. What do you all think? um, I would agree that it's definitely it's scary in a way. It's scary for all of us, but especially for parents, because um, they're trying to raise their kids in a time where there are all these new things um, related to technology and it's just, it hasn't been done before. And we don't, as a society, we just don't know how to deal with it exactly. And it's not something they have experienced themselves. So there's sort of this gap between teenagers who have grown up with social media and the internet their entire lives and adults who this is sort of a new thing to them. Yeah, you make an excellent point because, you know, as adults, we've all adapted to using social media and technology. You all grew up with it and never knew a world without it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like we don't speak the same language inherently. And there's not a handbook on how to do this. So I think that creates this culture of fear for a lot of parents around, I don't know how to monitor what my kid's doing, which may result in parents seeing the cons a lot of times and less about distrusting you and more about they don't know what they don't know. Do you all mm-hmm. think that's pretty accurate? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you brought up something a minute ago that I, that I want to um, go back to. So when you talk about Instagram specifically or, you know, even if somebody were to still use Facebook, you know, a lot of a lot of what we see on social media is a highlight reel of people's lives. So you often don't see their worst days being portrayed. You see their very best selves with filters and everything else. Um, how does that affect you guys, you know, to really frame the content that you put out Um, Is that something you're really concerned with or not? And does it create pressure for you um, trying to be your best self, knowing that it's not really real? I feel like it creates subconscious pressure where I feel like at this point, we all know that social media is the highlight reel of people's lives. Um, But even knowing that, it's hard when you're just when you're constantly scrolling through social media and just seeing the best parts of people's lives, that is in some way subconsciously going to impact you, even if um, you can't control the way it is impacting you. Right. Yeah, I remember when I first got social media, it didn't really affect me because I hadn't been on it for so long. But now um, I'll take multiple pictures. Like if I'm with friends, I'll take multiple pictures. Then I'll pick the best picture and then edit it just like, make it brighter, stuff like that, simple things. And then I'll post it. But I know friends that 
will go into like Facetune and spend hours on end editing their pictures and then still not being happy with the final product, which I think is so sad. I wish Well, it's we odd because then you meet them in person and they don't look like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you guys think? Yeah, so I feel like um, it is a highlight reel of most people's lives. One thing to notice is that it's really easy to preserve your anonymity, which can be good in some places, but it can also be bad because you, you can hear the stories of people meeting each other online through Instagram. Um, who Like someone followed a bunch of random people and they met each other and they decided to meet up and some bad thing happens. Right. Just because they didn't even know, they didn't know who the real person was. Um, but in some cases, you want to preserve your anonymity and you don't want to show that dark side of yourself or that weird side of yourself or that funny side of yourself just because... Uh, just because other people that you know, other people that you know might not appreciate that. Sure. I feel like Instagram too has kind of become a way for, um, so high schools kind of, there's always been this sort of popularity contest, I feel like. And Instagram has become a place where um, people can continue to do that. And they create their, I guess, their profile to be this big thing. And I think you were saying earlier, um, you know, that's not what they're like in person. And it's so much easier, I feel like, for teens to be able to create this whole persona that's totally different mm-hmm. from who they truly are. So I'm wondering, though, does that create a conflict in who you are as a person? I mean, if you're showing up online in one way, in reality, you're really somebody completely different. Does that create a conflict in in just generally who you are as a person? I feel like in a high school setting, um, there's so many people. Obviously, you don't know everyone. You're only close to a few select people and really, truly know who they are. Um, and so social media is a way that people, it's sort of like a snap judgment where you you don't, you recognize this person, but you don't really know them. You don't know anything about them. And so, and you're not normally interacting with them. And so the only contact or portrayal you see of them is social media. And, and so their highlight reel. Yeah, that's what you think their life is like because that's all you know about them. But does that create pressure when you meet people under that context? Does that create pressure for you to be different or to do something different or to have different hobbies or to style your hair differently or change your clothes or your look? Like, It's definitely like I think about it how there are people and – there are people at school and maybe they recognize me or know my name, but they're making their judgments on me solely based on what I post on Instagram. And so that's more pressure because it's, there is this pressure to be perfect. And there's also this pressure to show people what you want to show. And that's different for everyone, but it's sort of going back again to how it's curated. It's definitely, I think something a lot of teens think about. Yeah, and I feel like those pressures do exist because, say, like, you wanted to be friends with, like, this popular kid at school, and you look at their Instagram, and they have thousands of followers, and their pictures are perfect. Like, when you first meet them, you feel really intimidated, and you have to—you feel like you can't be yourself around them just so that they like you. I feel like that's a real pressure, especially in, like, my high school. Okay. You all agree with that? Yeah, I agree. So, like, if you have someone that you look up to at your school um, and then they post something and say they're uh, always buying this certain type of clothes or this certain type of shoes and 
suddenly uh, that's you. That's you want to become that, and so uh, in order to do that, you have to you have to pay attention to everyone around you, and you have to really become what they want you to be. I agree. I think it's easy to create labels um, for mm-hmm. people, especially with what you see on social media. And in fairness, we've always done that. It's just yeah. it's blown up into such a different proportion now because you're not just interacting or connecting with kids from your own school. You can connect with anybody around the world. You brought up something a minute ago that I think is really important um, where you meet people on Instagram or online that, you know, maybe you're not in your social circle. Um, I, what is it? Sliding into the DMs. <laughs> um, I, I've experienced that as an adult myself. But um, where you have these random strangers like just pop up and send you a message or say something and whatever. How do you deal with that? Because I have to imagine that's something that parents are are afraid of for their teens. I think it's something, it's definitely something teens are aware of. They're not um, naive in that sense. Right. Um, but you could say they are, even though that they know like social media stranger danger, um, there still is this temptation to say, oh, well, it's not going to happen to me. I know that this is a real person. I'm not being catfished. I'm perfectly safe. Um, And so it is, there's this fine line. Right. And in fairness, you're not always being catfished. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there often is a real person behind that. Yeah. And I feel like most teens, um, I'm not saying all because not all do, but they can sense when something is dangerous for them. Mm -hmm. So if they get a DM and they think it's kind of sketchy, they won't interact, they'll delete it, and they might block the person. Mm -hmm. But if they genuinely think that it's safe to talk to the person, then they might still tread with caution, but they'll open up a little more. Okay. You guys agree with that? Yeah. I mean, it hasn't really happened to me as much as you hear about um, this whole sliding into your thing. I mean, it's not like I'm getting them every single day, every right. minute. Um, but I think it's more the younger kids that you have to worry about who have access to the social media. And I think they're the ones that are more naive and they're not mm-hmm. being taught that, oh, stranger danger. This is bad. You shouldn't communicate with these people because you could be being catfished or it's just not right. And so I think they're the ones that kind of fall for it and it does turn into these bad situations. But personally, I've never had any real issues with it okay that's good to know yeah and i feel like with uh platforms such as instagram it's hard for young younger people like under the age of 10 to understand how the settings actually work like you could be private you can be a business account you can be a personal account there's so many different ways that you can protect your anonymity Mm -hmm. you can not have your profile picture be a picture of you you can not have your username be a your real name there's just so many ways, and they just don't understand that. And so when they go and comment on Miley Cyrus's post with their real name <laughs> and their real profile picture, then that's really dangerous for them, especially if some random guy can go onto their profile and look at all the pictures that they posted and everyone they followed and everyone they know. So you guys both bring up a great point, you know, with, with the whole privacy thing and the settings and whatnot. You know, obviously there's not a handbook on how to do this. I mean, how did you learn you know, to really be more vigilant about it and, and maybe not feel unsafe or be more discerning about who you connect with. Um, how did you learn that? Um, personally, my parents have always taught me to try and keep uh, myself safe. So based off of that, I 
have always had a private Instagram account because I don't want people I don't know to follow me because I just want to keep myself safe. So that was my main reason. Smart thinking. I think, I mean, I feel like it's not that, it wasn't that difficult for me to learn about the settings, but I did get social media at an older age. Um, So I did understand more how to judge what is safer and what is not safe Mm -hmm. and what information is private and what information can I put out there. Um, And so I think getting social media at an older age probably protected me a little bit more from that. You had a little more wisdom in how to, how to navigate it. Yeah. Okay. You guys agree with that? Yeah. So um, I actually had to learn myself because I used to always just post, like, I, I had a private account, I'm, I'm pretty sure, um, and I would either post, like, travel pictures since I traveled a lot during middle school, or I would post just random pictures of my face with no caption. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I don't know why I did that. I thought, I don't, I just don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know, I can't really speak for all of you guys, but I think um, just when I got, I mean, I got social media later. But a lot of my friends got social media kind of before this whole curve of when there was a lot of um, worrisome things that parents were really worried about. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, a lot of my friends, they used to have theirs not on private or it just used to be open for anyone to see. And when these things started happening, I think it just kind of woke us all up and we're like, oh, we should probably be Mm -hmm. checking these types of things and making sure that it's okay." And so I think I just when I actually got my social media accounts, I just knew it. So it sounds like there was a lot of self-regulation. You had good boundaries with yourself and adapted mm-hmm. into them. So question, social media obviously is the conversation that we're having today. Does it affect your mood state positively, negatively? Can it impact what's happening in your day? You see a post that, that sends you into a different direction. Let's talk about that for a second. I think it's not it's not easy to notice what's impacting how you feel, especially as a teenager, because there's so many things going on and so many emotions going on. Um, but I think um, I've definitely been able to identify some more subtle impacts that it's had on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, um, even if you don't recognize right away how, this I feel this way because of I've been looking at Instagram all day and everyone on there looks perfect and I'm feeling bad about my own body or um, I'm not as popular. I don't have as many followers as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like that can really feed into your own insecurities and it's hard to know what's causing it. It's hard to recognize it. Great. Yeah, I agree with that. There's a lot of subtle ways that social media can impact you, but there's also direct ways like Say you're on Snapchat and you see one of your friends um, hanging out with another one of your friends without you and they post Mm -hmm. it on their story. Obviously, you're going to feel really sad about that and that could impact your whole day. And you just wonder why are they leaving you out and it can really negatively impact you whether you like it or not. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also feel like even though there's ways for social media itself to affect your mood there's also ways where it can uh affect your sleep so like if you're going to bed and you're just Mm -hmm. using it uh even if you use it for like 20 minutes 
you're still not going to get to sleep for like another 45 minutes. And you say, I'm just having a hard time getting to sleep. But if in reality, if you hadn't really used your phone, then you probably wouldn't have got, you would have, would have gotten a lot more sleep. And the next day you're walking into school with like two hours of sleep and you can barely function um, right. or perform academically. Right. And I feel like social media is definitely designed to be addictive mm-hmm. and um, even technology in general. And that's a hard battle to fight because it's just not realistic to get rid of it entirely out of your life. But it's so challenging to manage that social media addiction. Yeah, I agree. I think social media really does have the power to affect you like right away directly. Um, I kind of wanted to go back and say, for me personally, I'll see, I could be having like a really great day and I'll see one post and it instantly brings down my mood. And I think a lot of what social media has to play into that is a lot of my self-esteem kind of, I think for all teens, just all of our self-esteem and what people are looking at. But yeah, it's just, I've had some pretty negative effects. So, and I know some teens and I've done this personally is taking like a break from social media has been really helpful too. And it's just interesting the world that we live in now where we have to take a break from something we're seeing on our phones or it's this whole other world that's Mm -hmm. impacting our life. Well, the word you used was addicted. I mean, and in fairness, we've never really had a time in society to where we had something that was so readily available with so much power and information and ability to connect with people in such a way. So um, the need to take a break makes sense because I don't think our brains are designed to process as quickly as as we're being inundated with information. Do you all think teens are addicted? And I, I don't think it's just teens, by the way. I think it's adults, too. But does that I know you agree with that. Do you all think addiction is really what we're dealing with here? Yeah, definitely. I feel like teens, whether they realize it or not, they're definitely addicted like Um, anywhere you go, you'll see teens on their phone constantly. And I feel like most teens use their phones mostly for social media. So they're constantly on social media. They won't have as many face-to-face interactions like with their family or their friends, and they'll just constantly be on social media, which is not great. Right. Yeah, uh, they're definitely addicted because it's like these little small doses that you take like every two minutes of like Mm -hmm. you're just scrolling through, you see a really funny meme. Send it to your friend or maybe you're staying up late and you're on Snapchat and all you're sending is pics of your wall for like the next 45 <laughs> minutes with like five different people. Right. And there's just really no point for you to be uh, sacrificing that much of your time for like almost no benefit, really. Right. Yeah, as much as we don't want to admit it. And I want to be fair here. I mean, as an adult, I could say I certainly am addicted also. So I can get caught in the rabbit hole the same way that you all, all can and and, I, and I've been a proponent in this conversation with a lot of adults that we got to talk to teens about social media. And I'm like, well, we all need to come out of the closet mm-hmm. with our addiction to social media, <laughs> whether it's Facebook or Instagram. I don't care. But, you know, we spend more time on that than, than most people would would care to admit. So we've talked about some of the negatives. The things that I hear is, you know, negative self-esteem. There's this this desire to be perfect or perfectionism. What are the other you know, do you think that this contributes or results in depression or anxiety or suicidal ideation? Have you experienced or noticed those sort of things in yourself and other people? I think it can get that extreme. And there are benefits to social media. It's not all bad. It's not this completely toxic thing we all need to cut out of our lives. Uh, It's just a hard balance and it's hard to manage. And it can definitely escalate to the point where... um, 
it's just like bullying on social media where it's something you carry around with you all the time. It's not just when you're at school. Right. And so it's if you're dealing with mental health issues, um, it can really. You're carrying your perpetrator around with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like it can definitely take a toll on your self-worth because while you're scrolling through Instagram, um, you might see all these models that you follow and how pretty they are or how rich they are. And you feel like, why am I not like that? Or how do I become like that? And it really impacts your self-worth and you start doubting yourself, which then, as you said, um, can lead to those extreme conditions. Right. And I want to tie that back again to, to keep adults in the conversation. Um, you know, we struggle with that also. I mean, it's not just youth that are dealing with this. Do you all have similar experiences? Yeah. So, uh, not me personally, but like cyberbullying is a big problem and you see it all the time, uh, back to what she said. Um, cause even if you know the person in real life, you're still kind of keeping the anonymity. Cause if you're in like a group chat, and everyone can, like, pound on you, and you can still just be friends the next day. Like, everyone can just, like, say a bunch of bad things about you in the group chat, and then the next day you're just going back to being friends even though you even though you can't say anything that you feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, everyone in the group chat could ask you to leave, and you actually leave, but then the next day they come up to you and they just start talking to you again, and they don't even, they just pretend like nothing happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, I agree. I think I can't really speak for adults. I mean, I know we all have um, certain types of like mental health issues. And I think social media is a really big part in contributing to that. I know one of my um, one of my close friends, she, she's probably one of like the happiest people I've ever known. And, you know, I don't want to give credit all to social media, but I think that is a really big part of it. And you guys were talking about self-esteem and that really is a big thing. And now she has, you know, just some more doubts in her life than she's had before. And it's just taken a toll on all of us and it shouldn't have to be that way. Yeah, I agree with you. Thank you. Um, so do you think that social media ever puts pressure on you to do something that you might not be comfortable doing in your normal day to day life? Um, I think it makes it definitely can make it feel like. You're you are representing something that isn't necessarily your everyday life. Um, it's hard to say. Are you? Do you mean like peer pressure? Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Yeah, that would be a great way to put it. I feel. Yeah, yeah. I think peer pressure, filling, fitting in with the norm. Um, that's a big thing on social media. Yeah, like going back to what we were talking about before. Like if, uh, if someone you look up to is following a certain trend, then you might want to do it too just because they've advertised it on their social media platform. Okay. Yeah, I feel like there's also a lot of clothing trends that have been made popular just because influencers on Instagram have used them just in their pictures. They haven't mentioned them, but kids look up to them and see, oh, they're wearing these things. If Maybe if I wear that, then I'll be cool too, like that kind of mindset. So it sets up a lot of pressure to fit mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So... um you know, I guess we've we've covered a lot of the uh, the things that um, I had hoped we'd cover here today. And, and you mentioned that you guys do take time to unplug from social media. Can you give us a little insight on what your practice might be when you do unplug? Like, how does that work? I think um, there was this new feature on Instagram where you can see <clears throat> how much time you've spent on it. Oh, I don't um, want to see that. For like the next <laughs> the, 
the past week and how many hours you've spent on it each day and your average time that week. And when that first came out, I was like, oh, my God, I'm spending four hours on Instagram total every single day. And that's kind of scary when you think about it, because all those minutes add up. And that's a lot of what feels like wasted time at the end of the day. And well, it's so, a part-time job at the end of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sort of was like a wake-up call for me, knowing how much time I actually spent on social media. Uh-huh. And that helped give me the motivation to work towards spending less time on social media. Okay, so that that was a reinforcement that you needed to curtail that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it also goes back to... Uh, realizing that on my own even before that feature came out is like when during the school year I would be spending time on social media and it'd be like seven o'clock and I still haven't started my homework like that I realized that halfway through the year and in high school that is a lot of time that you waste if you waste like three hours on social media when you could have been doing homework and you end up staying late staying up late and finishing that so I realized that and I tried to fix that and um restrict myself from going on social media while I had homework. Okay. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the time um, it's hard for the teenagers to actually make changes themselves. And so that's where like parents need to step in and actually kind of force themselves. Cause like um, my mom took my phone away, like almost like, I don't know, at least like 30 times during the school year (laughs) just cause I'm on it so much. And I, and I, I have to say I hated it a lot, but it was kind of, it was actually really good because um, it was kind of for my own good. Um, and she t- she takes my phone away at night, every night, which is really good. So I don't stay up late and I get good sleeps. And so a lot of the time, it's the parents who can affect the change um, and stop uh, the teens from actually, because it's hard for the teens to stop using it because... Right. You're, especially if you like leave vibrations on and you're trying to do homework and it vibrates on your bed and then you go and check it and then you're on it for the next 10 minutes. Right. See, I kind of agree and disagree with that a little bit. Um, you know, I, I've personally been able to take breaks myself, but I think as parents it's important. You really have to know your kid to know mm-hmm. if you need to step in and sure. make those decisions. Um, but for certain things, you know, like you were saying, you use – um, like your mom takes your phone away every night so you can get good sleep. But I mean, I use my phone for um, like an alarm clock in the morning. Okay. So if I didn't have it with me, I wouldn't be able to wake up. And I know there's alternatives for that, but just um, I'm able to set those boundaries. And I think since I've been able to do that, I'm a lot happier with myself and just how I am around my friends. Right. But, you know, I think it does depend on the teen if you're able to do that. But I've you- had success with Yeah, you definitely have to find a balance between or parents have to find a balance between um, limiting technology and social media for their kids and teens by themselves and sort of leaving it up to self-regulation. Because I feel like in the future, we're all going to become adults and we're going to have to regulate ourselves. We're going to have to realize the effects that social media is having on us and we're going to have to know how to stop ourselves from repeating the a pattern of addiction. Do you think that's easier though if parents help with the process when you're earlier? I I agree with I agree that um you kind of you have to know your own kid, you have to know what age they're at, you have to know 
their ability to self-regulate technology. And so there is not there's not really one answer, but definitely helping a little bit out at the beginning, I think, could be good. I think parents should set the example, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you saying that, you know, parents have to step back and realize how much they use social media. And I think them taking the first step to, you know, maybe limiting their time and saying and showing the example for their kids and saying, hey, you know, I only was on Facebook for like 30 minutes today. Like, let's see if you can do the same type of thing. But just that whole balance. So lead by example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. So this has been a fantastic conversation. As we wrap it up here. Let's let's go around. What's one good thing that we should take away from social media um, that that why we're glad it exists? Uh, I'm glad that social media exists because it allows me to connect with people that I wouldn't normally connect with. Um, And going back specifically to teens and high school, you don't get the opportunity to know many people. And there's definitely situations where. You're like, that person seems interesting. I would love to be friends with them, but I don't know how to start that. And it's so much easier on social media to start that conversation, to find shared interests. And it's just a great way to connect people who normally might not be connected. I love that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Like, you can find new friends, but then you can also stay connected to old friends that you might not have seen in many years, but you can still see what's going on in their lives. You can still talk to them. Mm-hmm. You can still stay close to them because of social media. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I like, <clears throat> like the connectiveness between everybody. Um, cause like you see different memes going around and it's really funny. Like right now, um, there's a meme about like raiding area 51 and it's really funny. <laughs> like with what people come up with, like everyone comes up with something different and every day I get to go on and see what people made uh, the last day. And it's actually just really funny. And it's like it, it, it can be really bad if you're with the wrong community and there's a bunch of like toxic people typing. But it's really funny if you're in the right community and, you, and it just takes a while to find the right place for you uh, in Instagram. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, other than the memes, which are really funny <laughs> um, for me, being able to stay connected to my friends, I mean... Um, a few years ago, I moved here, and so I was really close with them. And so having social media and being able to stay in touch with them is really important for me. So it sounds like connection is is the thread that we're going to pull through here, which is really awesome. Is there anything else you think we should talk about social media today before we wrap up? <laughs> you don't think so? Guys, I so appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I sure did. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. If you or someone you know is struggling or in crisis, please contact Colorado Crisis Services. They can be reached by text at 38255 or by phone at 844-493-8255. For a complete list of resources, visit 1043thefan.com, cozy101.com, or kygo.com and click on Mental Health Awareness located under the Strengthening Families page. The Team Talk Podcast is presented by the Public Affairs and News Department of Bonneville, Denver. Please don't text and drive.